0: Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special guest, H.L. Tinsley. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I've been very excited to come and talk to
0: you. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, and uh, you know, I said in a couple. I think I said it in D.W. Ross's too uh, last week. Uh, you know, like between you two, like I just got blown up by everybody. They're like, "Oh, I'm so excited that you know you guys are having them on." I was like. Yeah, me too. I was like, so it was really cool. It felt like, you know, I was like, felt like a big game, you know, like I'm going to, it was very exciting. So I was very excited to have you on. Um, I know the first time, you know, schedules didn't work out, you know, you were in the middle of writing and it's, I definitely understand like how that is. So I had you on my second round. That's why my friend is like, you always got to go back for round two or three. You never know what people's schedules. So I was really glad we could have you on today and we can start right in with that first question. Um, what has your writing journey been like up until this point?
1: Um, that is a really good question that I get asked by just, just random people ask me that. Oh, and cool. I I really struggle to answer it because I feel like my writing journey hasn't specifically been a writing journey, so to speak. I think it's been more of a creative journey for me. Oh, cool. So I know. For a lot of people, when they, they write, it's because it's something that they've, they've always wanted to do and they've known from a very early age that writing is a path they want to follow. For me, it came a little bit later. So I have always been a creative person and I've always been involved in arts and theatre and mm. writing to an extent, but not necessarily as you know an author, a novelist. So I originally started out in theatre, so I was a theatre club kid. Uh, and I used to do script writing and I had a little group of friends. And we had a little comedy troupe
0: oh, where cool. we used
1: to write comedy sketches, um, which probably weren't that funny. But, you know, when you're 12, 13 years old, but like, they, they were hilarious. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I, I always kind of dabbled in different things. So I'm always someone that has a project on the go. I'm always someone that has something planned. So either it's something to do with art or creating something. And I think it was just a natural evolution for me. Mm. But there was always, with writing, I think something that was holding me back in terms of like the confidence I had in my abilities. And also, just my attention span is pretty poor a lot of the time. (laughs) So. Um, you know it's kind of a running joke between my friends and, and people I work with that I am somebody who always has a project on the go but never actually finishes them <laughs> so it tends to be that I'll start something get other people involved and then they kind of have to remind me that I actually need to do the work <laughs> so um but yeah writing it was almost like an epiphany for me in mm. terms of starting to write kind of more stories. And I actually started in blogs. Um, oh, I cool. started writing um, kind of like a semi-humorous blog about um, unemployment and recruitment. Um, I'd, I'd just kind of come out of a job. I got made redundant. And it was kind of like an outlet for me mm. to talk about not only my own situation, but also some of the things that... I wasn't happy about in terms of the system that we have here for supporting people and getting them into work and education and training. So it kind of started out with that and then grew and I um, ended up writing my first novel. I think after I'd, I'd come out of this this job that I'd been made redundant from and I realised that this was maybe the fourth time in my life I'd you know, given several years to a job that I didn't really enjoy didn't appreciate me. um, And I wanted to just take a chance on doing something that I'd always been too afraid to do. So, yes, I I sat down like six weeks I took to write my first novel. I was writing like 18 hours a day. Wow. You know, it's just I I think I lost all feeling in my fingers at some point. Like I didn't speak to my family. (laughs) Um, but it just felt like it was just something that, I'm sorry, my chair keeps automatically spinning around.
0: We love familiars on the show, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I, I sat and wrote this story and it was like there was this this thing in me that had always been there um, and just suddenly fell into place. And for me, writing is the thing that has felt most natural for me. Um, it's felt certainly like something that had to happen at the time that it did for me to be able to fully commit to it but I'm so glad that it did and now it is literally my whole life I'm so fortunate I, I write for a living I write as an author um I I write blogs still so it's you know it's it's 90% of my life now and it's just it's a fantastic journey but it's certainly not been the most linear
0: <laughs> it's definitely um my friend he was like um I'm, we were both, both history teachers and um he's really in the nautical history in particular he's like yeah i like like to just think of my writing journey as like i i got blown off course and back and yes yeah, i definitely understand that i didn't know that you did blogs though like i i don't know why i didn't know that so that's that's really cool i definitely gonna have to to check that out and your first one sounds really interesting and
1: and I don't even know if I'll be able to find it anymore because I'm oh, going back cool. for a few years. But um, yeah, I've, I've maybe done about two or three of my own. And then I also blog for other people. So I like, oh, that's cool. I do a lot of work for like games companies and oh, like cool. pop culture, so, like, things like that. So yeah, it's just kind of grown from there really.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I was reading someone's um, review and analysis of uh, We Men and Shadow. And I, it's funny where you said like, you know, like, like the system, right. And you didn't quite like it. And it's just so funny. Cause that actually, I was like, Oh, it's kind of like a director's cut because um, that's what, one of the things that he was saying, you know, that like, he felt like that, you know, you were saying and trying to point out, you know, that there were different things wrong with the establishment in certain ways. And um, he, I, he very clearly felt that come out, you know, in book one for you. And that, that and i it was interesting you know because i was having you on this week so i, I read it and it was, it was a really good article um but yeah like i i could definitely see where you know that that inspiration came from i guess and he was telling me because you know we're both each history so he's like yeah this is really cool and you know <laughs> i'm like and i you know and the, I, the gas lamp fantasy actually makes more sense now because i feel like that you know that type of you know um London-esque, you know, gas lamp fantasy. You know, I feel like a lot there, you know, it's it's very similar, you know, just the industrial revolution and, you know, a lot of those like types of problems. So I mean, I think that makes I think that's a great setting for you. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think it, you know, yeah. the kind of things that you were thinking of, it actually makes a lot of sense now. So that's that's really cool. <laughs> that's yeah.
1: Awesome. And I think for um for me, I I mean I try to be really careful because um obviously, you know, it's you kind of veering slightly into politics then but I think what I do is I tend to take a lot of interest in kind of the social um mm. side of politics so yeah, yeah. not necessarily from like you know the top levels but from kind of like the grassroots um and I think that does probably come across in my writing um but I think a lot of it is just because the the area that I grew up in Because I am, um, I mean, I'm kind of technically a Midlands in the UK, but I definitely would consider myself to be more of a Northerner. Mm. Um, So it's, you know, it's an area with a really rich history of, um, you know, you've got like the mining culture and the industrial culture. So Mm. just from looking around the environments I'm in, I can see these massive kind of cultural and economic shifts that have really inspired the work that I do and kind of even now, how things that happened in that time period still influence us so it, it was yeah. really the first time you were looking at bringing the class divides together and you know looking at things like unionization and industrialization and even just like being able to have steam engines and, and mechanical intervention so it's just it was such a colossal shift in the way that we used to live so yeah, yeah. It, it just it fascinates me endlessly yeah. it really does
0: well, it's funny that you said that, because I'm actually teaching, we're actually teaching industrial, Re- uh, second industrial revolution right now, and actually kind of both, because um, of the pandemics. So we have to, like, con- consolidate, but it's funny that you said that, because we- I just mentioned that to my kids on Thursday, because we were talking about, like, what the real issue was, and when you're thinking of, like, you know, in terms of, you know, going from, you know, a mainly, predominantly agricultural society, like, for us here in the United States, like, literally, since the start of the country, literally up until, like, it was, like, 18, like 70 you literally have you know almost 80% of our country was farming and then all of a sudden by 1890 you're talking like you know 51% of people are now living in a major city and you know it's it's really almost like a like a primeval shift right where Absolutely.
1: you go from this
0: you know i mean it, it i don't think a lot of people realize like really how big of a shift it was you know and you got this this way for what like you know like almost like 9500 years <laughs> you know and then all of a yeah. sudden you're you know, in, in 30 decades, you know, really you're in like, I would say like 48 years, you have a complete shift in almost, you know, 65% of countries, you know, all over the world. It's like, it really was, I mean, it's no wonder there were so many problems at that time, you know, cause you have this, you know, and you go, my friend made a good point in a paper he wrote where it's like, you have this shift of nature to, you know, man-made things. And there was a disconnect there and, you know, yeah. think it makes total sense, but.
1: Yeah, and I just think that like, it must have been so crazy. I mean, I know it kind of happens to extent with every generation, but yeah. when you're talking a period in time where somebody's grandparents would have been, like you say, part of that kind of eighty, ninety percent agricultural world, to suddenly their grandchildren being in a world where, you know, it was now becoming, you know, mandatory that children had to go to school, and there were labor yeah. laws coming in, and you know, and it all happened in such a, a small period of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah people really did at that point kind of revolutionize how they looked at society and say, you know what? We need to get education. We need to have better medicines. We need to have, you know, better employment. And it just, it was almost like this huge catalyst. And yeah. I think a lot of what we have now is yeah, still yeah. like scarily similar, really. Yeah,
0: it, it really is, though. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like I was just talking to my buddy about that, you know, we're like my wife and I, we're both teachers and we do extra things. We run Airbnb through our house, you know, so it's like that's why I told her. I said, I just I just need a break. I was like, I just need to take the summer off just to write. I said, I just need to get a couple of books done, you know, just so I can yeah, you know, I just I just feel like I'm so disconnected, you know, because we've been working so much. And it's crazy to think that you work as much as we do, but yet you still feel like you're behind or, you know, whatever. And I I I don't I totally agree with you. I think there's that similar feeling from that time period. I think that's why Gaslamp fantasy is on the rise personally, because you know, there are so many similarities. And that's what my friend was saying. He's actually um taking your first book, and they're actually um, reading that for their, um, sociology class.
1: And they're actually amazing. Yeah. Which
0: I thought was really cool. I was like, Oh, that's neat. Um, so you mentioned that to me on Twitter and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And I was like, I wish you didn't live, you know, out West in the United States. (laughs) I'm like, I (laughs) would come by, you know, I was like, it's just, it's too far and it's too much of a, you know, a big deal at this point. But I was like, Oh, I was like, I'm so jealous. And, um, you know, I think that's really cool though, because, you know, I think that, you know, there are definitely, you know, books like yours where, it's so much better to, you know, to kind of use that escapism, but to also still teach, you know, the sociological, you know, aspects. And we're trying to think of the, that, how to do that in my classes next year for middle school. There's a couple of books that we were talking about. And I'm like, well, who says they have to be historical? You know, I'm like, like purely historical fiction. I'm like, you know, it would be kind of nice to, you know, dive into something that still has the same, you know, you're still talking about the same learning standards and, you know, the same problems, if you will, or same conflicts, yeah. you know, and, but yeah, I thought that I was like oh that's really cool and it's like I don't want to take that course.
1: <laughs> that's really really cool. I am honestly a little bit lost the words on that. So, yeah. yeah it was cool. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, it was really neat. I told him I was like now I kind of want to teach at the local community college just to just to do that, you know. And that's what he was saying to me cuz um like he was English and I so I'm like history and studied it my entire life and you know people just asked me recently um at a Comic-Con they're like, "Well, how does that influence you I said well it influences you in so many ways I said people think it's all about fighting and battles I said but really it's like what we're talking about right it's that that change in you know human scope and it's crazy right because you have what 18 like 90 you know people are trying to figure out how to fly and then by you know World War One, it's like we're killing each other with flying machines and it's like I don't yeah. think people realize how big of a jump that was <laughs> like you have a bicycle plane and then all of a sudden you know by World War II, you have some of the most sophisticated flying machines, you know, within even a four, you know, four year period. And it's like the, the industrial machine, it's just like, it's no wonder it hasn't slowed down. Right. Cause it just, yeah, it just keeps chugging along. But I like how, you know, you have taken that setting and, you know, done a lot of really cool things. Um, it was interesting when, you know, people were telling me, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, I get this, you know, and I feel like your cover too, just like really you know, says a lot, title too, you know, and when they were telling me more and more, I was like, stop, I was like, I haven't read it yet,
1: I'm
0: like, it's <laughs> on my list this summer, I was like, don't, I was like, because somebody said something to me, I was like, dude, that was such a spoiler, I was like, why would you do that, he's like, you'll forget, because you talked to too many authors and books, I said, no, I didn't forget,
1: so. <laughs> I, I, I have to be so careful, because I am so bad for spoilers, because I see, I talk to people, and I, I try, kind of get into the conversation, and then I just think, oh my god, i said something I shouldn't have, so, <laughs> I do have to kind of catch myself on on those, but it's it's funny actually saying about the, the 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 class as well, because I actually found out earlier this week that there's um, a theatre school local to me. It's kind of a couple towns over, and they're actually um, using the book, they're actually using the characters as their character study for this term. So That's I've cool. kind of had been in touch with one of the teachers, and she kind of dropped me a message and said would you mind sending us some additional material? So like character building oh, material cool. for, the, for the kids. So I said, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm so pleased to do this, but I will only do it under the stipulation that I can come to the theater with like a trilby hat and dark glasses <laughs> on, you know, and just kind of incognito so I can watch the show. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. can watch it. can watch it. So that's, oh, that's going to awesome. be a lot of fun.
0: That is super cool. I'm, I'm a huge theater geek. Like I, I never got to do it in high school because I was doing sports and, like we live further away in the country than my school. So it's like I you know rehearsal was so late and my parents are just like we don't want it to affect your grades and I was just I was so tired by the end of the day you gotta wake up early you know go to school all yeah. day and I, you know so so even to this day I'm just like I we go to a lot of shows and I just that, that's super cool. That's like my dream is that somebody's like yeah we did a screenplay of you because I actually sold I was about to sell two screenplays in um, high school and then I decided not to, because I, I didn't want to have them butchered. <laughs> I know yeah. the company would have butchered them. And I was like, no. And they were like, telling me, oh, this is what we're going to change. I was like, oh, it's not even the same thing. Then I was like, I might as well just, and you know, and you know, this kind of thing, like, you know, with indie publishing and stuff wasn't a thing back then. So I'm like, yeah. kind of glad I did hold off. Cause you know, now I have those, you know, those two things that I could turn into books or, you know, or, or audio dramas or something. So yeah. yeah, but that's super cool. That's like my dream. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah,
1: it, it, it's of these crazy things you know you talk about the writer journey there's just something that you know if you'd said to me like two three years ago that yeah, you yeah. know students are going to be using something I've written to do character development and stage plays you know I, I wouldn't have believed it at all but it's just it's such a, a nice like a, it's kind of very gratifying yeah to, yeah totally to, to hear that so yeah, it was very cool
0: yeah, that's super cool. I'm so jealous, <laughs> but I could, I could, you know. And that's like my friend. Um, a couple of weeks ago, just randomly passing, um, he was like, "Yeah, this should be like like a screenplay." He's like, "This should be like a play, or like, he's like, I want to see this on stage." He's like, "I need to see this somewhere." He's like, "He's like, can you can you tell her to get a hold of Netflix, please?" <laughs> I was like, "I'll pass it along." I'm like, "I don't know if I can do anything." I'm like, "But I will." I'm like, you know, it's like, but yeah, I was like, you know, the more I was reading reviews and stuff, to you know, um and just blogs, you know, to kind of prep for this interview, I was like, that would be really cool. I feel like yours and Crystal's both would be so cool just to, you know, to physically see, like, you know, and, but I feel like the right people would have to do it, you know, to really get, I feel like Gaslamp has to be done a certain way. And, you know, otherwise it like totally misses its, you know, mystique. I can't remember if it was like, what was it? The Carnival Row one with Mm -hmm. Orlando Bloom, like that one, I felt like they did a really good job whatever that show was I was watching for a while yeah I know what
1: you mean yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think I've actually watched it yet but I know the
0: one you made yeah it was good I watched like the first I have to go back to it, I watched like the first three episodes but I was like that's totally like gaslight like verbatim and but yeah I've saw I've seen a couple other ones where i was like uh, oh, not so much but that's like yeah. urban fantasy too I feel like urban fantasy has to kind of be you know done a certain way and if not then I feel like the two genres are very similar in that way on the big screen but
1: yeah definitely yeah. I think mean- I get quite
0: a lot of peaky
1: blinders. Oh, uh, you know, that would, that would be the dream for me if, it, if the, the people behind peaky blinders could take it on, then you know that, that would, would be
0: so cool. <laughs> that would be
1: good,
0: yeah, that'd be awesome. So, everybody in the audience, make sure you're sharing this everywhere so that we can make that happen. So, I'm expecting yeah. at least a million shares within the next couple of days so that we can, you know, we can at get least. that going. So, yeah, Holly <laughs> doesn't have that contract on her desk all right by July 1st then we have not done our job so yeah that's,
1: that's- it that's they've, they've, they've wrapped up now haven't they on Peaky Blinders <laughs> I think it's the last season's just been and gone so they've got time now
0: yeah 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 yeah. I stopped watching I think after like season two and then I think they just put on Netflix after that so that's actually one of those shows where it's like I can't I can't watch because then I'll just get too engrossed and I'll have yeah. to like re-watch it and like I there's just so many characters where they make me think of so many things but I have you know, so much to write. So I'm actually, there's like that and two other shows where I'm not watching anymore until I'm done with my other characters. Otherwise it's like, yeah, my friend, we were just talking about that. We wanted to do a, an episode of like TV or movies, you know, that make you want to write. We we always ask people with books, you know, and authors and stuff, but you know, I, I definitely like, like, um, last kingdom, you know, I love the books, but the TV show just makes me every time I watch it, I'm like, you know, writing something else. So I, yeah finished season five and I feel like I have to take a break before going back through again. Otherwise I'll never get any project done. So
1: yeah, no, I am very familiar with the feeling.
0: <laughs> I wish I had more time in a day. Um so for that second question, so I know we have to update it, but can you tell us a little bit about your SPFBO experience um for this seventh competition? My SPFBO
1: experience has just been the most crazy emotional ride I think I have possibly ever been on I mean it only finished yesterday so it's still in in the the process of just kind of like decompressing at the moment um I mean it's been a full year um since kind of initially when you go into it through like semi-finals the finals and it's just until you're in it like you don't really get how it feels um, it's funny because I was kind of talking to some of the other guys that were involved this year in it and we all kind of had the same feeling when we went into it that we kind of looked from the outside and had very set ideas of like oh you know this is how it's going to be um and to an extent obviously it it is um but I think it runs so much deeper than you realize I mean I literally feel like I've got SPFBO blood in my veins now (laughs) because it just kind of becomes this part of your, your life and especially you know the people that are in it with you as well and um, especially the point of, of being the 10 in the final group um, because you know it would be so exciting and, and dramatic if I could say that we were all intense rivals you know and that we all hated each other but the absolute opposite is is true Um I kind of knew a few of them before going into it um, but now all 10 of them are just people that you know I have so much fun with and so much respect for not just as writers but as people as well and the support that kind of I've had from them has been amazing and the support just off readers as well I didn't realize I knew SBFBO was a big thing I didn't Mm. realize how intensely emotional people get (laughs) and how invested people get in it Uh, which is you know really funny sometimes Um, but also really moving and, and really, it makes you feel validated as a writer for what you're doing. So yeah, it's just been this huge, intense, emotional experience. And it it was almost really difficult to come out of it. Cause mm. I mean, I'm, I got my last score really early on. I think I was probably, the, I think I might've actually been the first person to have all 10 scores. Oh, wow. So for me, the competition kind of ended slightly before everyone else. Mm. Um, which on the one side was really nice because then I could just kind of focus on talking the, the other guys in the group through it and just kind of being there. But also it was really strange for me because it kind of felt like I was part of something but then not part of it yeah. at the same time. So you always get that feeling of like, I'm not quite sure whether I should let go or whether I should still be involved. So yeah. Um, but I think the most important thing of all else is just that the the support and the... The kind of camaraderie that I just got from everyone involved was just yeah. beyond anything I could have expected it really was
0: I just always like it because like like I said you know before course start recording it's just always fun for me you know to have people on and you know to get to talk to them and then to see them you know in the contest and it just it's like it's like I know somebody in the NCAA for March Madness you know like I know somebody's playing or something you know it's just it's like, yeah, go, 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 go. And yeah. <laughs> it's just I, I can only imagine, you know, how it feels to be in it because it's really fun for us, you know, you know, who talk to you guys. And, you know, and it's just it's just cool, you know. It's just, it's very um, I was just talking to somebody about this recently. It's very, I think it was me and Clayton Snyder were talking about it with Michael R. Fletcher on Facebook or something or Twitter, but it really is like, you know, um, it really brings the community together, which I think is really fun about it, you know. And I mean everybody sharing everything, right? Like yeah. I mean, I saw your book everywhere, which is great. And it makes it easier for me because then I can just easily retweet. because um, I feel like you know, especially with the algorithm now, it makes it kind of hard. And, you know, with the contest, I feel like it just makes it easier because you just see the hashtag everywhere, you know. And then if somebody, you know, yeah. tags you or something, you know, it just it really does make it easier for us to help you, you know, and everybody else who's in the contest get more eyes on your books, you know. And I think that's just the, I think that's personally like the coolest part of it, you know, and that like, you know, like somebody could put a book one in, you know, or a book two or a book 10, you know, and just depends on, you know, you know, whatever book they wrote that year, you know, gets it. It's just, it's super cool. And it's interesting to see like the, I don't think fallout's a good word, but you know, where things settle, yeah. you know, and just even, I think yeah. even just to get a sticker, you know, to be able to put finalists or whatever, I I love seeing those, you know, when particularly if I saw someone's book previously but then now they get the sticker you know they can put it on there that just you know that to me that's just really cool it's just a you're in the club you know so to speak like even if you don't win or whatever you know that's just it's really cool so
1: yeah that's it I mean this is just not something that a few years ago I ever thought I would be able to sit and say you know I have an SPFBA finalist sticker on on my book you know um and I think you're right the the kind of like you say, fallout's not the right word, but I can't think what the word is at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the just what you get out of it is mm. goes so beyond what you think it's going to be. Um, I mean, for me, what really kind of moved me was when when you get you know a bad review for SBFBO, and you will, you know, it's in, a, in it's an inevitable fact of what we do is that not everyone is going to like your work or what you do, and that's kind of the purpose of the competition is for you to find the correct audience. But when you do get those kind of rough reviews and, you know, the lower scores is just the messages that you get off people, off readers, other writers, you know, it was, it almost got to the point where I, I felt like I had to stay on social media, like, guys, I'm okay, I'm fine, <laughs> like, don't, don't have to worry, <laughs> you know, and it was just so... Unexpected, you know, I didn't think people would take that much interest, not just in me as a writer, but me as a person, and actually Mm. reaching out and saying, you know, are you okay? Like, are you coping? Um, It was just, yeah, really kind of humbling.
0: Yeah, well, like I said, before I started recording, I had some people messaged me recently, you know, because I said, you're coming on, like acting like I had something to do with the contest. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, if I did, I would be helping. I said, I don't, though. I said, hopefully one day. But I said, yeah, I don't know what to do. So it's funny. Like, <laughs> I just feel like they're reaching out anywhere. I'm like, you're in the wrong spot. I was like, I have nothing to do with it. But it was just funny. I was like, well, that's cool. You know, that people care enough to reach out to some random person that has nothing to do with it. And I, I, I knew. Need to go back and like screenshot the conversations. I was just like, yeah, no. Somebody commented on something for me. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't. I think it's because I share so much, you know, so many of the contest things, you know. I'm, I'm like, no, I'm like, I told one person, I'm like, I'm just trying to help people get their stuff out. I was like, it's a retweet button. I'm like, I'm gonna retweet every single you know person that you know I've talked to or like or that's in you know fantasy, sci-fi, or even if I just think they wrote something great and they're you know it's fiction or whatever, non-fiction. I just and I was like, nope, just trying to do my part. I was like, don't have any part of that. So I just, I, I laughed so hard. And somebody did it for another author, too. And they were so mad at me. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> it's like, I just, I was like, I just interviewed that person about their, you know, being in the contest and stuff. So it was really funny. But, but yeah, it's interesting. I do agree. It, it is interesting. And I like it, because I think you're right, I think it does, it humanizes authors, right? And it, you know, and we do want you, you know, to succeed. And I think it really, I don't know if you saw it like two years ago, right when your first book came out, but like around that time, but like everybody was trying to decide if, you know, authors were enemies or friends and, you know, myself and quite a few people were like, what are you talking about? Like, particularly in India, I'm like, yeah, we're just all trying to, you know, push each other and, you know, sell each other's books. And I buy a lot of books, <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but, but I do, you know, and, um, Yeah, it was an interesting concept, but I think that this contest in particular, particularly, you know, I feel like the last two um, since the pandemic, I definitely think really goes to show, you know, that, you know, more people do, you know, I at least feel like it's shown that more people do, you know, support each other and, you know, want what's best for each other. And my friend made a good point today. He's like, it really like brought out really good things within us the last two years that I think the community in particular really needed, you know, particularly with some setbacks and things that we had. So I just think it really showcases like the the best qualities, if you will, of, you know, the community. And I think that's why everybody's, you know, had a lot more fun with it, particularly the last two years. And they've been a little bit more grateful for it and each other, you know, in particular. So, yeah, but that's, that's super cool. If anybody else wants to yell at me, if you're Holly's uh, (laughs) finalist debut, like that's fine. Like, I I, I think it's so funny. (laughs) I was like, I was like, yeah, maybe somebody will will invite me to the contest. I was like, I don't mind reading and reviewing or doing whatever. So um so for that third one so what is your book we men of ash and shadow about and how did you come up with this idea
1: um again kind of the same as my kind of general writing journey is is it all came in bits really so um i'm somebody who i tend to refer to writing chapters as writing in scenes rather Mm. than chapters Mm. so um I'm, I'm a very kind of visual person, so more of my influences probably come from TV, movies and video games than from kind of other books or, or, or other okay. writers. Um, I mean, there are certainly some books that would have inspired the ideas behind it, but I mean, We Men essentially is, it's a gas lamp grim dark um, where we're following a an assassin, Slash mercenary. I'm never quite sure which hmm. he would fall under. Um, through this corrupt city, which is on the the verge of a revolution. Um, it's very much a, a kind of socially broken city where, you know, there's a lot of economic strife. There's a lot of class divide. It's very kind of almost Dickensian in its vibe of hmm. there is the haves and the have nots. Uh, and it kind of just follows his journey as he discovers more about the, the corruption and the secrets. It leads him to then find another young man who he takes under his wing as a sort of protege, and then the kind of effect that their relationship, which is very complex, has on his work and kind of the dodgy, shady dealings that he mm-hmm. gets involved with. So, um, I mean, for me, I always think other people tell me what my influences are more than I kind of realise what they are so a, a lot of the time this is just stuff that people have said oh do you know your book is, is kind of reminiscent of this but Assassin's Creed is one that I get a lot of mm. so I am a, a huge Assassin's Creed fan uh, and Peaky Blinders which we mentioned earlier uh, Gangs of New York definitely Ooh. was one um, and the one that I think surprises people is I don't know if you've seen it but the, the show Lucifer oh yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah that's a great one
1: so that that was actually the probably the catalyst for writing the oh, book wow. was I I watched I forget which season it is now Luther I think it might have been season two but oh, that's a good one was, there was an arc between Luther and a young sex worker um oh, yeah. and their their whole dynamic was just so fantastic that I thought okay I need to write a novel where that it's almost grown around this relationship between this kind of older guy and this younger girl. So someone who's very much seen the world, been there, done that, and is at kind of the end of their, their not the end of their life, but kind of yeah. at that stage. Um, and then kind of someone who's just coming into the world. And, sorry, my chair's on the move again. <laughs> and just kind of discovering who they are. So I, I kind of took that idea and I wrote um, one of the scenes from the book, which is where uh, Vanguard and are talking in the bathroom and it's kind of the basis for their relationship and everything really just grew around that so yeah for me there was never a, an intention to write a, a book with you know this is the plot and this is going to be the beginning the middle and the end it was always about following these characters and kind of where their relationships take them so yeah. and I think that's what a lot of people kind of connect connect yeah. with so hopefully yeah, I've done that justice <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, the thing that I've seen the most, you know, in terms of reviews or the, the things that people talk to me the most is about your characters, you know, and I'm kind of surprised that the the number of people have talked to me recently about this, the, you know, the, the world building, um, you know, compared to, cause I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, like I love great characters. And then, you know, recently I just feel like it's shifted where people are talking to me more about world building for, you know, particularly book one. And I'm like, okay and you know from um you know some of that talks to a lot of authors and readers i'm like that's interesting um you know that people you know usually have one or the other you know or yeah and so so that that to me is like really interesting so i, th- I feel like you know that really you know showcases what you've done really well personally and that has really intrigued me um more for book 1 on has moved it up you know on my tbr pile like, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, that's interesting, you know, and I I love, um, you know, reader community feedback. And, you know, in particular, um, you know, like, I've seen quite a few reviews, I feel like in the past, like I said, for character development, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's interesting to see now people, you know, maybe it's because people are going back and rereading, you know, I think is,
1: yeah, maybe it's
0: just, it's interesting to see trends and stuff like that. For me, I just think it's, it's very interesting. But yeah, that's, Clearly, um, like one of my friends was just like, he's like, yeah, you need to read this book right now. He was like, you need to stop writing your book and that's what you need to do. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I said, I'm a little burnt out on reading right now. I said, you know, between, you know, trying to fix a draft and all these things. And I was like, and, you know, I was like, I was helping people out for a little bit, reading some of their, you know, things, not editing, but yeah. You know, I had a lot of people last summer, in particular fall, be like, hey, can you read this? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know why you like want my opinion, but I'm like, sure. Um, So I did. So I just, I felt like with everything, it was just like, it was crazy. But I told them, I was like, I just need a little bit of time and then I'll do it. I was like, I had some people ask about like reviews and stuff. So I'm going to start reviewing this summer too. So it's high on my list. I promise everybody. So, but I'm really (laughs) anxious. I, I like to also wait. Cause I like to talk to authors who I haven't read before in particular, because like hearing, I don't know how to explain it. Like hearing things you say, and then reading your books to me, I learn more that way. Um, yeah. and I enjoy, I enjoy them far more. It's almost like a movie trailer, you know, before seeing the movie, um, you know, just, it's more anticipation, you know, and I'll be like, Oh, she was talking about this. And, that happens here, you know, and it just, I just have found it, it had such a better experience for me. So I'm actually, when I have been reading, I've been reading, you know, some people that I had earlier, you know, for this season, like Clayton Snyder after I, like, I started to read one of his books and then it was right in the middle of like us interviewing. But then after we talked and I read cold West, it like, It blew my mind (laughs) so I know everybody doesn't have that ability but um yeah it's it's interesting I I even start to do that now with different interviews for you know for authors for you know book like people I haven't interviewed but I listen to their interviews and I find that it I do highly recommend that to our audience because it does really it just adds to the experience I feel like it's I wish I had started doing it a lot earlier but yeah I'm really excited though for book one in particular I'm have my friends like well you have a very similar type of um he said our characters are pretty similar from what I've let him read on my my draft one and he said some of the things that I'm struggling with you did really well so I'm really anxious I have yours and like four others that are kind of like my my work study books I guess you would say um you know to see you know what was done how it was done and why it was done and He's like, hopefully that'll help you fix some things. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited though, because um, I've talked to quite a few book bloggers with, like I said, within the last couple of weeks. So I'm very, very anxious to get to that. Um, yeah. So what do you think your most challenging part was when it came to the writing process for, I guess we could say for, you know, for either books, uh, for book one or book two? Um,
1: I mean, I think there was probably a few different Things that I really—it was really personally important for me to get right. Um, so the first thing was the representation of definitely mm. the female characters, but more importantly mm. the the sex workers um, and the girls that are involved, kind of in in um, the the brothels and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um so that was not just about making them real characters, but also about making them. Um, really in terms of the world as well because I think one of the things that kind of stood out to me through talking to people and doing research is that um people who are in those kind of industries are quite often the invisible of society for sure so it wasn't just about making them real people in their own kind of little bubble but also about making a part of know the society as a whole so you know we have these girls and they're they're going out and they're living real lives and they're having real relationships and they're you know going to the market and kind of you know trips to to shops and and entertainment so you know it's they're woven into the fabric of this society that that I've built so that was I wouldn't say that was a challenge because that kind of sounds like it was difficult to do it wasn't it was a real kind of fascinating thing to do and it was a real honor to be able to talk to some people and have um, people who are very open about giving me advice and experience and things like that which I you know I'm incredibly grateful for. The other thing as well is the the mental health aspect as as well of some of my characters Mm. so I've never shied away from the fact that um, you know Vanguard my main character he is kind of very much in still suffering from this PTSD that Mm. he has and I I personally suffered from PTSD as well so it was something that was very emotionally raw for me to write about and it gave me that awareness as well well of how other people would feel about seeing Mm. this character portrayed Um, so yeah it was really really important for me to be respectful and not only respectful but also truthful about it yeah. because as we all know with mental health people have for better or worse they have very fixed ideas of what that means.
0: And yeah.
1: um, you know, and you talk, you talk about something like PTSD, and people will, you know, through no fault of their own, because it's not something that is hugely discussed, have a very set image of what this is, how people act, what those symptoms are, but it's a hugely personal experience. Uh, it's a hugely unique experience yes there's kind of core aspects of it but it's a journey that people go through so it was it almost felt like I owed it to myself and the friends I've made throughout my own journey to to make sure that that was represented and Mm. I hope I've done a a good job I really really do Um, and again I'm really thankful to the people that were willing and open to talk to me about you know, their own experiences and and kind of the the journeys that they've been through. So yeah, those are probably the two main, main Hmm. things.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting because um, both of those that you mentioned in particular um, seem to keep popping up um, from what I'm seeing, um, you know, from reviews or just people talking about, I feel like realism isn't the the best word for it, but um, maybe like um, character connection. Um, it seems like people connect more, you know, with your characters because you took the time to do that. Um, that seems to be like the number one thing to me, at least when I'm, you know, outside looking in that keeps coming up over and over again. And, you know, that's why people, you know, have suggested, you know, the books, I feel like to me so many times is they're like, all these characters, these characters, and you know, it's, um, I think it is a very hard thing, like you said, and, you know, I, um, guarantee you a lot of people who have, you know, are in those situations or have been in those situations, you know, I'm sure, you know, have, um, you know, great respect for how you handled it, you know, and some people, you know, obviously don't handle them appropriately. So, you know, I haven't seen anything negative about those. I've just seen a lot of positive comments, you know, and I think that, you know, that just shows that, you know, if you take the time to try and do something right like that and do justice by, the, you know the people that they're inspired on or yourself you know and the struggles that they're going through I think that people connect with that a lot more than you know being the the token character you know so to speak so yeah that's yeah that's really cool it's interesting when you're saying things because I'm like literally thinking back to you know actually one in particular like somebody on Twitter like shared their review so it's it's making sense to me now you know why yeah. people have reviewed it's like, oh, that's really cool. It's like, oh, that's why they did that. So it's it's really neat. So it's one reason why I do these interviews. So that's really cool. Um, so like I've said, so I've heard many people praise this time period and your world building that you chose. Um, so how did you go about building your gaslight fantasy? Like, what what did you? What kind of things did you decide had to be there? Maybe some things that didn't. Like, how did you decide that these were the things, uh, or maybe issues? that you were going to tackle um, in this world building and maybe some things you left out
1: um, I mean the first thing is probably that I never really set out to write gas lamp specifically mm. um I actually I actually when I first started writing the book I was probably setting it about 100 years before that period oh wow okay. um, so I was kind of going more for like a 1700 to 1800s mm. aesthetic um and then I think it just naturally was shifting to kind of a later, a later period. Mm. So I never really specifically thought, okay, this is the era that I want to use. Um, in terms of like the technology and things, my book runs from between around 1800 to about 1905 in terms oh, of technology, cool. uh, which is the great thing about doing kind of alternative worlds is that you can kind of mess with time a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think, it was funny cause I, I'm talking to, um, Crystal Natar about this because obviously she writes Gas Lampers as as well Um, and we were both saying that it's almost like an automatic draw for us to that period of time Mm. because when we think pain, misery, social injustice, we just automatically think 1800
0: to 1900. So
1: true. This is our our social economic sweet spot for misery (laughs) Um, but also I think it was just such a fascinating time in terms Mm. of it was it was almost like the industrial version of the, the renaissance.
0: Yeah, it so, really was. Yeah.
1: You know, you had ideas that were coming out that were so revolutionary and so, you know, so progressive. So it was, there was a focus on, you know, educating the layman and, you know, improving employment, um, you know, you think we went from having literal like workhouses where people and like cholera and cholera, cholera, that's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, diphtheria and smallpox to within, you know, maybe 50 to 100 years, having vaccinations, having schools, yeah. having, I mean, we had schools before, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, having employment law, you know, it's, there was so much incredible force for change and positive change during that time. So I think it's so rich and, and kind of, ripe for for storytelling That no. I, I now I'm at the point where I try to write things in other time periods and I just <laughs> automatically find myself just going back that way um but yeah like even just the the kind of stories of that that period probably going from kind of Alexander Dumas um I'm probably pronouncing that wrong I apologize kind of the musketeers, those stories, all the way through to like your your Dickens and um you know things like that. So yeah, the it's just endlessly fascinating period of time really. Yeah,
0: yeah I just think it's interesting and Crystal and I talked about this too with you know with Legacy of the Brightwash, it's just interesting to not trying to insult anybody. I just and it's you know, some people have done, you know, the medieval fantasy or whatever, like that time period still super well. Like, don't get me wrong, it's classic for a reason. Um, you know, we go back to it for a reason. But like to me, being a history teacher and reading so much fantasy, I'm like, I just like the new possibilities with saying this is a different world, this is an eighteenth century or nineteenth century or even sixteenth century. And here are these maybe they're you know, you can tackle problems in a different way. and. I think even if you add a level of magic to it, like it really does just, or like, you know, add in Age of Discovery, for instance, you know, like I read one person's where it was cool because they discovered a new continent and, you know, they were basically redoing the Colombian exchange in a fantasy world on a different planet. And there was some magic involved and there were two two different magic systems. One was like the Europeans came and then the other one was like Native American magic. And it was so cool. And I'm like, that to me... I, I like new things like comic books. I'm the same, you know, like I, I love indie comics cause they're always pushing the envelope of, you know, new and creative ideas. And um, I think now as you know, I'm an older, more experienced reader. I, I, that's the thing I crave. And I just think with, you know, your and Crystal's books, like, I think that also shows that the market is shifting where people also really want that. Not that new is always better, but like, they want something different you know, and I think we're starting to with the rise of indie fantasy and and sci-fi, you know, just indie in general, I think that people are more open to that. And I've seen more people, traditionally publish do the same thing. And I think we're seeing an evolution of both genres, you know, which I think is a really good thing. And, you know, a lot of people are blurring the, the, you know, sci-fi and fantasy together um, in a very unique way, much like Star Wars. And, I don't know, just it's it's a it's a really cool time to be a reader, I think, and, and an author, you know. And I think you know, both of your books, you know, really um, you know, really speak to that. So I think it it makes people like me be like, I don't have to do medieval fantasy, you know, I can do this thing. And I just think we're gonna get a lot more books out of it if you know yeah. the the trend shifts. And it really makes me wonder like, you know, what are people gonna come up with next? You know, so credit to you, yeah. you know, ladies, for you know, picking something in particular and sticking with it and making it really good so that's why i said the crystal it really shows you know that you know i think it really shows craft when you can do something new and people like it this much you know it really shows um you know that you know your characters and you know obviously have a lot of skill in world building um my friend calls it um what do you call it? Like, time period something or other like building (laughs) and I was like well that's cool because you know you never I I feel like particularly last two years with your guys's books you know I don't think many people like myself thought of time period as world building but it really is you know and I think it adds an interesting aspect when you really think about like you said like you know technology and you know and um you know the differences and things like that so yeah it's
1: Yeah I think um, for me what's really interesting to see is the correlation between how people feel in kind of the the social media world and the outside world uh, Mm. in in terms of like where your book goes you know I think for for people who write in the kind of period that I do and, and Crystal as well is the period was really the first one where it was more about power being shifted into the hands of the people Mm. so before it was always power of the church power of the crown and from kind of you know your, your revolutionary period through to you know right through to probably the end of like the the world wars is it was all about taking that power and redistributing it to to the people you know and it was about giving women the vote it was about you know, putting in laws to to protect and sustain people. And I think people are are relating to that now because how they feel about the world they live in at the moment. So that's been something really interesting to see over the last kind of 12 months or so is how gas lamps and that kind of time period in literature has grown in popularity along with kind of the the outside world and how they feel about their own situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you're totally right. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna see still a still a huge increase in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Probably.
0: Yeah, I don't definitely don't see it slowing down at all. Um, so when it comes to your character development, how do you go about yours? Do you you know some people pick somebody they know, some people like myself see a really amazing painting or illustration of okay. a character and then start to visually you know put that character together. Um, so what what's like your overall process?
1: Um, I mean, I think. I I don't even know if I have a process to be mm. honest because I'm one of these people that characters tend to come to me fully formed. Oh, so okay. um, they may slightly kind of change a little bit, um, and inevitably as they grow, their their kind of personalities will evolve. But in terms of you know when I first thought of of Vanguard and who he was, he was he was literally a fully formed you know. Adult man with with a history and a past, and where he came from, I have no idea. He just kind of <laughs> popped into my brain, and there he was. Oh, that's good. Cool. Um, but I think certainly in terms of visually, I do take a lot of influence from video games. So um, again, for me, Vanguard was all always kind of how I imagined um, Arno Dorian to be. Mm. Um, later in life so oh, that's
0: I mean, interesting
1: I mean Van Gogh's in his mid-50s so obviously you know he's getting a little bit uh, soft around the edges and he's kind of lost some of that athleticism that he would have had in his heyday. <laughs> but you know he's just still in good nick it's fine uh, so yeah so there was a lot of influence from that and um, there's like little kind of nods to to the character of Arno in the book oh, which cool. uh, I don't know if anyone else would notice them but me but you know they are in there <laughs> um i think more in terms of the the secondary characters um i reached out to other people i knew who i wanted to to build them into but i wanted to add in perspectives from people who you know had different experiences to me and uh, make sure that i was representing them correctly so Cossack is a great example of a character in the book where he was really built from the stories of other people so mm-hmm. i I've reached out and I was fortunate to be able to talk to some some, uh, refugees um, who were just the most incredibly open and generous people with their stories. So I took a lot of what they told me uh, and kind of wove that into just little actions that the character would do. Um, I think it's always really important to have characteristics and and physical features for the character, not just how they look, but how they move and how they act. Um I I've got this obsession with repetitive actions as well. So if characters have like I have one character who's always eating fruit <laughs> like all the time. Um and yeah, I think I just let my characters kind of grow as organically as I can, really. Um, which doesn't always necessarily help me because then they don't do what I want them to. But <laughs> yeah, I have trust, I kind of have trust in the process now that they'll they'll get me where they need to be
0: in the end so yeah that's it's funny that you mentioned the eating because that's one thing I absolutely love that they added into um the last kingdom is like like Alex uh, Uhtred's always eating yeah I I was like like, I guess I for the story goes is that he was just eating and wanted to eat during a scene and he just kept doing it and then they're like oh we're gonna add it and I'm like well that to me like it's such a small thing but you know it's just it's his personality and it, you know, it's, but it, I, I'm that way. Like I'm always snacking. <laughs> I probably shouldn't <laughs> be, but you know, it just, it makes that character more real. So it's funny that you mentioned that because that's one thing where to me, it just, it really did make the character, you know, feel more realistic. Like, you know, they're in this tense situation and he grabs an apple and like clonks it, you know? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, It's, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, no, that's awesome.
1: I think it's got to, You've got to humanize the, the characters as well to mm. make them, them more real. You know, it's, it's, especially when you write grim, dark and really kind of heavy subject matter books is it's even more important to have those human elements and those those little kind of quirky moments of of joy and, you know, frivolity. And, you know, I've got a book full of, you know, murder and and death and and blood. But, you know, at the same time, you've also got characters who are like, you know, playing games together and they're making jokes. And it's just, you know, you've got to have that little bit of humanity in there as well yeah Otherwise, I don't want to read
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 no totally totally that's awesome uh so you have book two written now are you working on book three or are you planning on working on it soon
1: well i i'm in a, a bit of a uh like catch 22 at the moment with book three because mm. my original intention all along has been to write four books
0: Oh, um, okay.
1: And I do have I have plans for book three and I have plans for book four.
0: Mm.
1: However, I'm now kind of second guessing myself a little bit about whether to do book three and four as one and have mm. them as one huge, great big book or two yeah. slightly shorter ones. Um, because my first first book, We Men, was quite short. Um, and then the second one, The Hand That Casts the Bone, is quite a bit longer. And I kind of feel now that if I do three and four separately, I'm going to be going back to doing quite short ones.
0: Mm. Um,
1: So, yeah, there will definitely be a book three. And it is certainly in process of of being drafted at the moment. Um, I wouldn't say it's particularly far into the process because, to be honest, I think my brain just needed to to reset a little bit. Um, but yeah, whether that will be a three and a four or just a three, I'm now waving over. But it will still be <laughs> the same story. It'll be the same story that has been planned from the beginning. So yeah. hopefully people will forgive me if I do three <laughs> instead of four. <laughs> um I think at the end of the day as right well, we just we need to to write the story the way it needs to be written and yeah. you know, however it's gonna best work for for the the readers as well. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um I have known since day one what is going to happen to all of these characters oh, that's and now, cool. now it's actually happening. Um, I do feel very emotionally invested in it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not somebody that cries at all but I think I, 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 got to the, I got to the end of the second book and I almost had like this kind of emotional release where I was like oh no now I know what I'm going to do for book three and I'm not ready. <laughs>
0: that's so but, cool
1: so yeah
0: um I need to get over that first and then I can I can properly write it it's just so funny they just said because I just had D.W. Ross on and we did he just said the same thing about his book three and he's just like I because I I got done with the draft like second draft and he was like I just had to like walk away for an hour (laughs) he was like by myself he was like I and I told him I said I get that my my first draft I was like feel so bad about what I just did to this one care, like these two characters. And I was like, I also feel really bad because I know when draft two and draft three, like, you know, like it's going to get worse. And like, I hope people like I couldn't, I haven't been able to work on it for the last like two months. Cause I just like, I feel really bad. So
1: yeah.
0: I definitely understand that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I
1: think it's, I think it's knowing as well that, you know, you're going to make decisions, you know, inevitably that other people are going to be really angry at you for <laughs> making, but you yeah. have to make that for the, for the sake of the story being made yeah. yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm always worried about, you know, upsetting people, and so I apologize in advance, I'm sorry. I'm
0: actually looking forward to it, because I'm like, if you can upset people, I feel like that means that you're, you know, if they're so upset they give you a one-star review, because you did something in a book that affected them that much, I consider that great writing. And you know what I mean? Like, because otherwise they would just be like, ah, three out of five or whatever. But like, if you can, you know, anger somebody that much, are they are going to give you a one star <laughs> and fill out a whole review for reading the book. I just think it's, I think it's like Dirk Ashton has a very famous one where like book two, I think this guy DNF'd it 97% thinking a character, his favorite character died. And Dirk's like, he could have just read 20 pages later where the character didn't die. And this is so funny to me. I'm like, 97%, like, why not just figure out what's going to happen? But I'm like, well, that's great writing right there. Like, when we had our interview, I was like, that's amazing, because that means that your writing affected him that much, and he loved the character that much that... He would DNF at ninety-seven percent.
1: That's, that's going to a level of anger that is it really
0: is. I told him, I said, "That's my goal now. Like, that's my goal for book two, is to anger somebody so much that they get to ninety-seven percent in DNF." Like, he's like, "That's a pretty lofty goal." I'm like, "But I think I yeah. can do it." <laughs> particularly, <laughs> particularly after what I've done to some of them in book one. um Yeah, that's awesome. That's really funny. It's also funny that you mentioned, you know, like. Trying to decide between three and four books. I feel like a lot of people have, I, I've, I've interviewed so many people lately who have said the same thing, you know, like they, you know, are not sure if this should be three or four, you know, some people have consolidated, some people have, you know, expanded. I had somebody who expanded to a book five the other day, and I was very surprised. And, you know, they're like, yeah, no, I just, they're like, I spaced it out this way, add a little bit more here, and then, you know, read it. I was like, wow, was like, that was a lot of work. But, you know, same thing you said, you know, just, trying to get the story told you know the the right way yeah. so yeah. yeah definitely yeah
1: this that's the awesome thing about, about being indie as well and, and you know being self-published is that you do have that that amazing power to to change your mind whenever you want to <laughs> and, and make new decisions so yeah, yeah. you know definite bonus
0: yeah 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 no totally totally oh that's awesome uh so for that last one uh so any news updates promos current projects you'd like to share with us Talked a little bit about you know, book three. Anything else you got going on right now? Uh
1: like I said, I've just brought out um book two, so I'm gonna get a little plug-in for that while I'm Perfect. here. Um I have also literally I think about two days ago the audio book has come out for book two oh, as that's well. Cool. Must have missed which, that. Okay. Um is narrated by RJ Bailey, who did the first book for me, who is just a phenomenal narrator and awesome. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I think he's becoming like the biggest, like Indie author narrator out there at the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. blowing up on social media, which yeah. you know justly so because he's fantastic. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I'm really happy that that's come out. Um, book three, as I say, is in early stages so it is being worked on and um, I also have a project that I'm going to be working on probably over the next 12 to 18 months which is um, an anthology project which oh, cool. at the moment I am not at the liberty to discuss too much purely because um, I haven't asked the other person that I'm working with if I'm allowed <laughs> to so I should probably check in with them at some <laughs> point um, but yeah really excited to be involved in that we're going to be diving into dark fantasy with a with kind of a horror flavor to it oh cool Um, we've got a load of amazing authors on board with it so we have 12 authors at the moment who are going to be contributing oh cool and it's just going to be a a mixture of of artwork and graphic novel and short stories and yeah it's gonna be a really really fun thing to work on so yeah that's that's what i've got going on at the moment. So.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I didn't, I must've missed audio, the, the second book for the audio book uh, coming now. I, I know it's crazy two weeks for me. Uh, so I'll make sure that uh, we get that link in there. That is super cool. I know a lot of people that will be very excited about that. So that's awesome. All right. Well, Holly, thank you so much for coming on again, you know, congratulations, you know, for, for getting so far, you know, with the contest, you know, I know that's very nerve wracking and, <laughs> and stressful at times, but We're all so excited, you know, to uh, in the community, you know, to see, you know, your book do so well. And, you know, um, hopefully in the future. Right. You can go all the way. So that'd be that'd be awesome. It'd be really cool. Um, Like I said, I'll email you everything. Just want to remind our audience, you know, make sure that, you know, you go into the description anywhere where you are watching or listening to this by the time you listen to this podcast, it will be on Apple Podcasts. Um, so make sure you do that. Go to um, Holly's website. to so make sure you go buy her books because that's why we're here. And thank you so much for listening. And Holly, thank you so much for coming on. It was really fun to have you. I got quite a few notes here and things to think <laughs> about. So um, it's always always helps me for my Sunday writing. It's the best day of writing me, for me for a reason. So I want to thank you for coming okay. on if you have any, you know, anything else you want to come on any other time, any other news or anything like that, or you just want to come by and chit chat, I will be inviting people for some panels and things. Um, so I'll be sending those email, you know, emails out soon. Um, we're going to do um, an all-female author cast, um, as well as just some different world building, things like that. Um, Gaslight Fantasy, Crystal had asked me to ask you um, to come on. So hopefully we can get you two on along with emily inkpen i'm looking to do one more um female author for that one um for gas lamp so if you know anybody let me know and we'll have a a really fun day doing that at some point um soon in the summer right yeah i'm like really excited for that one (laughs) i'm like like ready for that one it's gonna be
1: chaos you already know it's gonna be chaos
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's about time we have our own chaos episode like the wizards warriors and uh words guys but um yeah my friend was like oh my god he was like that would be so amazing. I'm like, I know, right. <laughs> <It's> like I just to see one more, one more female author that does gas lamps. So, um, yeah, so I'm yeah. really excited for that. So, um, so look, uh, you know, out for my email and we'll get this posted for you. And uh, yeah, I hope to uh, talk to you on social media, my friend. Okay.
1: That sounds great. Thank you very Perfect. much. Having me. It's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. You.
0: Anytime, anytime. You have a good rest of the day and I will talk to you later.
1: Thank you.
0: Bye.